Welcome to the Career Brand Story Podcast, where we talk about your career, your brand, and your story. I'm Jeremy Tudor, career strategist, brand marketer, and storyteller that created the Career Brand Story method that has helped thousands of job seekers craft their career brand story for today's job market and land their dream job. Jeb, it's good to see you today. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a good day. Uh, so my air conditioning has been out at the house for like over a week now. And as I was leaving, they were installing a new air conditioning unit. And uh, my wife texted oh. me a minute ago and said, it's already 10 degrees cooler in here. So it's finally going to be below 90 something degrees in my home. Which I know, great first world problem, but hey, it'll be nice to have it back. I am grateful for my air conditioning sort of a first world problem i mean with all this climate change global warming yeah climate change is real and you live in north carolina it's really really hot and humid there extremely hot and humid. you know here in tennessee it's it's hot um actually the ac in our car goes in and out so that's the worst of it for us um but where we live currently there's always a mountain breeze that's really nice really nice and we've really enjoyed it you know, and the difference from living in North Carolina where you'd step outside for 10 minutes <laughs> and be drenching with sweat yeah. and swatting huge big bugs away from you. So um, it's that, that has been kind of nice. Now, moving to Nashville, I think we might get a little bit back into some of that humid nature, but not as bad, I don't think, as North Carolina where you're at. Yeah, so. I, think, I think you're right. I think you're going to be going to a, a little bit warmer but definitely not as bad. I mean, I've been just kind of pretending that like, I don't know, this this must be what Hemingway felt like in Cuba or something, you know. <laughs> but at least he had like the That's beautiful right. you'll, ocean to look at. <laughs> and you'll write something inspirational. That novel is about to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep an eye out yeah. for that. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. Well, listen, everyone, we are going back to the basics over the next couple episodes. So I would encourage you, um, you know, get a notepad out, get something to take some notes on. We're going to try to make this really extremely practical um, to help you get back to the basics in your job search strategy. Um, we're going to be talking about um, how to craft a market ready resume. We're going to be talking about how to curate your LinkedIn um, and how to use that better as a tool for you in marketing and finding jobs. And we're going to be talking about how to perfect that story pitch. Also going to talk a lot about the virtual story. I'm really excited to get into that because TikTok uh, just this last week launched TikTok resumes. And so um, I was just talking to a client yesterday about this whole thing that short form video is not going away. And so what does that mean for you as you market yourself out there? I've got some ideas um, and some things around that. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. That's going to be over the next three episodes. So that's going to take us all the way uh, through August. Um, And we're not going to necessarily go in order um, that I just mentioned today. We're actually going to dive into some LinkedIn tips to give you. And um, then next week, we'll end up talking about the resume. And here's why we kind of reversed our order a little bit from the career brand story method is if you have, um, you know, some accomplishments and you're like, ah, I'm not a good writer. I'm not a Hemingway. And I'm not being inspired by the heat and the humidity. (laughs) Um, Here's what you can do. You can send us 
your accomplishments and I will craft and write them out live on our podcast, on the next podcast that we're going to be doing. Um, so you can send those to Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at careerbrandstory.com or send us a direct message on any of the social media channels. We're looking for challenge, action, and result. Just the facts, challenge, action, result. Send those to us. I'll write it out live. Of course, I'll send it back to you as well, and you can plug it into your resume. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's going to be great. And uh, just stumbling backwards a little bit, you were mentioning TikTok resumes and Instagram also recently came out, not about resumes, but that they are definitely embracing video more, that the Instagram of the future is not the uh, photos that we're all used to. It's going to be all about short form video. Yeah, everybody's going to short form video. And here, you know, I don't... Uh, this is probably a whole other podcast, but is it because these social media channels and companies are pushing us that way, or is it because we really, as people, are responding to that more? You know, that's a great question, and I am not an expert on that. I'm sure it's a little of both, but, I mean, if you think about, like, Vine was here, and it was extremely popular among uh, a younger generation and right. you know now that so it it became so popular you can go on youtube and watch all these hilarious vine compilations um and then vine went out it was gone you know but now seems to be the right time you know i'm sure somebody from vine is like man we we just missed it by a few years so it's it's really weird how this adoption and push cycle works uh, i think it's a little bit of both yeah. Well, we'll dive into that. And that's a great conversation for us to kind of talk about so that when we get on the podcast, maybe we'll sound a little bit more like experts around that <laughs> and uh, <laughs> give some people some concrete information around it. I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm also really excited about the short form video, even if that is a thing to stay. I think here at the Career Brand Story Team that we actually have a standard um, for that for people in their careers and how to do it and do it well. So that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. Well, so LinkedIn is what we're going to be talking about today. I want to give three tips today. LinkedIn is the number one place to showcase your personal branding for your career. Um, currently, there's 660 million registered users with 303 million of them being active each month. That's a lot of people and a lot of activity taking place on this platform. And job seekers often spend way too much time worrying over their resume that's only going to get viewed in about 8 to 12 seconds. And they don't really do anything with curating their brand on LinkedIn. In fact, I think a lot of people approach the LinkedIn platform as this electronic resume and forget that it's actually a social media platform. The deal is, is that 100% of recruiters and hiring managers, they are looking at your LinkedIn profile and thinking about, do I want to bring this person on our team? And so while you want your resume to get enough attention, uh, to get through applicant tracking systems, to start a conversation with a recruiter and a hiring manager, you really should be taking a look at your LinkedIn profile. You really should be taking a look at the LinkedIn platform and how you can really use it 
to your advantage in your job search. So we're going to drop three tips here today uh, that I think are really useful for you to think about this, especially in your job search strategy. Um, the Savvy Intern um, is a blog post, and Hannah Morgan wrote an article about should you broadcast that you are looking for work and use LinkedIn's open to work hashtag. So that's that green banner around the LinkedIn profile uh, photo that you see with a lot of people. Um, and the LinkedIn launched that um, back in the pandemic because there were so many people in the workforce, you know, being furloughed and laid off. And so they thought, here's a way that we could help people. They created this hashtag open to work. And if you let people publicly know that you're open to work, they added the little green hashtag open to work to your profile picture. So to help you make stand out. And so is that green banner around your LinkedIn profile photo, is that really going to make a difference for you in standing out and um, helping you be able to, to, to be found more and to be more attractive for a job? And so we want to kind of see what the data says um, so that you can kind of make an informed decision. Um, Hannah Morgan said that job hunting today is different than ever before. Rules and stigmas need to be broken, especially for those that are unemployed. I think that's a great point, but let's also talk about the data and let's talk, think about this through a marketing lens. Um, and is it really the best thing for you? So the first question I think we got to talk about, is it unfavor unfavorable to be unemployed? What do you think, Jeb? Uh, man. You asking the wrong guy, as we always talk about Enneagram, I see both sides of that very, very easily. Um, I, I don't personally think that it is, but I think that it probably has a stigma among, uh, you know, hiring managers and, and stuff like that, that, that there's this, probably there are a lot of people who think that, someone being unemployed means that they're unemployable is my guess. Yeah. I probably kind of land the same way with you on this. And LinkedIn asked if being unemployed positions, job seekers unfavorably. Um, and the results and the data that they got back and feedback from hiring managers suggested that it doesn't. In fact, when they surveyed hiring managers, they had nearly all 96% of those surveyed said that they would hire a candidate laid off due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So that I understand because mm -hmm. that was like this universal thing that happened. And there's so many people that got laid off during the pandemic. Um, but prior to that, if you were laid off, like what I would say and still say, um, in fact, if you didn't get laid off due to COVID-19 and you're unemployed for other reasons, the issue becomes six to seven months out and you're still not unemployed. What's the reason why behind that? Yeah. So here's the LinkedIn research on the hashtag open to work. Um, so again, they launched this in June of 2020. They found that more than 3 million members have chosen to add a public open to work photo frame since launching in June. And their data showed that they are on average um, about 40% more likely to receive in-mails from recruiters. All right, so there's the data, it speaks for itself. But will open the work increase recruiter outreach, um, you know, either publicly or privately? Um, again, data says that if you're turning that open to work on your LinkedIn profile, 
is going to increase your likelihood of getting a recruiter message by two times. So that means twice as many job opportunities. Um, now, my question from that is, okay, but how many of those people who had hashtag open to work have actually landed jobs? Yeah, and I'm wondering, um, well, no, I guess I guess that would just be too bold of a mood of a move if you're employed and you put the open to work thing on there, that might not be a good idea. But I was wondering, like, does having the open to work thing automatically mean that you're out of work? Right. I think there's a lot of things, um, depending on your situation that you really got to think this through and whether it makes sense for your marketing strategy versus somebody else's. Um, so I actually, I don't know. I keep landing in the boat with my clients not to turn it on. Um, so from a marketing standpoint, forget the data for a minute, which I know this is going to sound bad because everybody's going to be like, no, no, no. Never forget data. the data. Yeah. Never forget the data. But I want to forget the data for just a second. All right. From an image marketing standpoint, knowing the stigma is out there. All right. That, oh, if you're unemployed, you're less attractive. Like I still usually land in the camp to advise my clients, hey, let's turn that off. Let's just keep it private. Um, you know, to me, that looks more appealing than mm -hmm. having that hashtag green thing in your profile. That's just an aesthetic kind of image, how you put yourself out there, right? But if I bring the data back into it, it's telling me a different story that hey, maybe it is actually worth it. And so I don't know. I don't know actually where I land on this. I think I'm just going to have to present the data to clients and let them make a decision yeah. that feels best to them. Yeah, I think that's a, that's probably the smartest way to go about it because it is alluring. And when you say that there are two times uh, the in-mail, if you have it. The other thing with that is are recruiters really, are they just using the open the work hashtag as a search field requirement, but they're not really taking time to look at the other requirements. And so what's the quality of job opportunities that you're getting to? Right. And that probably would weigh into my decision. So maybe it's a, a one of those things you test and see what happens. And if you're getting a lot of results back that seem to be like, you know, job opportunities that you're not qualified for, or they're, you know, um, you know, entry level, type of things um, that you would never apply to, then maybe turn it off for a period, kind of do an A-B test and see what works. Yeah. Testing is a good idea. Yeah. So let's say that you want to do this. Where do you do this? All right. So on your profile at the top, there is a gray box. Um, it's right underneath your name and your headline. This is only visible to you that says, are you open to work? If you've got it turned on right now, it may say open to work. And it will actually list out the data that you've put in there, like locations and things like that. If you click the pencil icon in the right-hand corner of that gray box, um, you're going to get options. And this is um, our team updates LinkedIn's for a lot of different clients all over the nation. And I don't understand what LinkedIn does, except that I don't know if they're, they're rolling out new ways or they're testing it in different markets, how it should go. So sometimes this data, um, this box that opens up gives you more options or less options. 
The options that it always gives you is job titles and location. Some of the other options that it will give you is like even putting salary requirements in there, which I would not do, um, and um, and some other things. Um, yeah, there were the things important ones in there like uh, contract, full time, part time, temporary, that kind of thing. Yeah, that one usually is in there. Um, the way they do locations sometimes. Um, you used to be able to put in like five locations and then sometimes you can just put in like the zip code location and a radius. Um, and I've seen it both ways. It's never consistent. And so I've just got to think maybe they're testing different things out in different, depending on where someone is or, you know, I don't, I don't know how that goes. Yeah. Maybe but it's the ones that are on always like consistent population density or something like if you're in the Raleigh area, you can put multiple things, but if you're, more rural or something you might just do a um, radius or something who knows yeah if, hey I, if I you really work for know. linkedin and you're listening and you can tell us send us a message yeah. dm us yeah come on the podcast you know? yeah even better don't be shy come on the podcast yeah don't be shy so what is consistent is job titles and so at the bottom so that's important. Add in like you can typically add in your top five job titles that you're looking for. And again, you can typically put in location. If you want to look for jobs like across the nation, you could put in where you live, but you could also put in United States and it's going to pull all the jobs back for the entire country uh, based on the job titles that you've selected. At the bottom of that box, there is a down arrow, and if you click on it, you've got two options. Option one is all LinkedIn members or recruiters only. And so if you click the all LinkedIn members, it's going to show that hashtag open to work green bar in your profile pic, and that gray box with all that information you just selected is gonna be on your profile visible to anyone who comes to your profile page. If you click on recruiters only, um, only recruiters will be able to see the information in that gray box. And they would have to click on your profile um, or in the, the platform part of LinkedIn that recruiters have access to, like it shows that data back there as well. So that's how you turn it on or off um, and how that hashtag open to work green bar shows up in your profile. Um, so we've presented the data. You can test it. I'm not giving you a yay or nay either way on that one. Um, I think there's enough data to say it's worth maybe testing out, you know, but I do think there's some marketing strategies and reasons for, in fact, if you were employed with a company, you're probably not going to want to use that at all, you know, not to use it as, right. as such. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, right. we, again, we're not knocking data, but the data has to be interpreted. Yeah. So, all right. Number two, LinkedIn tip, uh, review your skills and endorsement section in LinkedIn. So if you don't have this section added to your LinkedIn profile, or maybe you haven't updated it lately, you need to go update this. It's typically, if you have it on your profile, it's gonna be at the very bottom. If you add it, you can add it to your profile. It's gonna be at the bottom. Um, LinkedIn allows you to add up to 50 skills to your profile 
and those in your network can validate that you have those skills by endorsing you. So if I go to Jeb's profile and he has a skill on there of, you know, photography, then I would be able to endorse and say, yeah, he is great with photography. He's got proficiency in that. And that feature was rolled back out in 2012. There's now over 10 billion endorsements on the platform. Um, according to LinkedIn, people who list at least five skills receive up to 70 times more profile views, which that's pretty significant, actually. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. More importantly, listing these top skills is going to help you be more searchable based on the tools recruiters have access to find you uh, on LinkedIn. So it will drive better job searches for you. Um, it's going to share better jobs with you that you're interested in. It's going to alert recruiters that you're a good fit for their role based on those skills that you select. So what's important to do is if you have this section, you need to clean it up. Um, so if you got things in there like Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint, delete those. Okay, we know that you know how to use that or we hope you know how to use the basics of that. Yeah. So you don't need those. If you've got things that are kind of generic, like leadership or management, uh, get more specific about what that is. So instead of just leadership, maybe it should say team leadership or cross-functional team collaboration, right? Um, don't just say management. What kind of management? Business management, project management. Uh, you know, be specific in what you're actually saying the skill set is. And those skill sets should always be focused, just like in your resume with keywords, they should be focused on hard skill sets. The reason why for that is that's how recruiters go and search for you. So if I go out here to search for someone in LinkedIn or online anywhere, you know, I'm not going to like use the keywords like I'm looking for a creative, artistic, you know, sassy, you know, photographer, <laughs> right? I'm not saying that's what Jeb's skills are, his soft skills. Well, but you know, so I'm not, that's not what I'm going to be looking for. Yeah. I'm going to be looking for commercial photographer, uh, Adobe suites. Um, what else would I be looking for? Hard skill sets for you, Jeb. Oh man. Uh, uh taco eater <laughs> for, for commercial <laughs> photography, the kind of commercial photography I do. Uh, so you, you might be, if you're an art buyer, you might be looking for somebody who does lifestyle photography or portrait photography. Right. Um, that kind of thing. And I'm looking at my skills and endorsements and I know that I didn't enter these because I would never write something that just said magazines, but good news people, seven people say that I am skilled at magazines, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, I yeah. think that what that means is, you know, I also do editorial photography, which is the category that magazines are in, but that should not be magazines it should say editorial photography <laughs> or you're just really good at looking at magazines yeah i mean i've been to a few doctor's offices i know how to thumb through them <laughs> yeah and that's the thing too is that they they usually have gotten added automatic and so um people can literally go in and just add any skill that they want um, and just to prove this point, if you go to my profile, I actually added the skill set napping. 
<laughs> and uh, so <laughs> I and I encourage you listeners, you can go and endorse me for napping just so that I know that you've listened to this podcast episode. I've mentioned it before. No one's endorsed me yet for it, but I'm waiting for the day for someone to endorse me for napping. He's a pretty good napper. So, yeah, I've also I got think, I mean, um, weddings on here. So this comes to the point like that would have been appropriate for me. How long ago was I a wedding photographer? But the point is years ago that was an appropriate skill but now i don't necessarily want that associated with my brand so it makes sense for me to drop weddings from that section yeah and i run into this a lot with people in the it field who might be a software engineer and individual contributor really hands-on they're building developing deploying things but as they move up into management Right. It's less about that hands on experience and more about the people management, the team leadership and, you know, higher executive level skills. And they don't have those listed. So it's really important, you know, to go through, be able to check these things out and make sure that, you know, you've got the right skills listed based on, you know, what is your targeted job search that is out there? Yeah. So let me ask you this. I'm going to get some um, free career coaching here. Um, I have some topics that are, you know, um, I would say, or some skills that are supportive of my photography work, like graphic design. I have, that's probably my highest, uh, number of endorsements is in graphic design. I'm not seeking graphic design work. I'm not seeking graphic design clients, but I know that having a history of graphic design knowledge, you know, it influences my photography. If I'm shooting for a client, I know to leave a lot of negative space for their graphic designers to work with. Um, I have a good sense of layout and, uh, in negative space, but does it make sense for me to leave that in as my skill, as a skill? So, you have 50 skill sets that you can list, which is a lot. So in a resume, I typically only recommend, like if you're gonna do like a keyword bank of skill sets, that you only do like nine or 12. But LinkedIn gives you room for 50. The other thing that they allow you to do is to feature the top three that are really most important to you. And from my experience, those do kind of drive how key jobs are shared with you and how kind of job searches recommended jobs will happen for you. So in that case, I think you could probably leave graphic design um, as a skill set, but the ones that you had featured would still be more focused on the photography side of what you were targeting, like in commercial photography. Makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and again, um, you know, that's a great question. And, and so I think you just kind of review that, you know, periodically to make sure, okay, do these top 50 skills really make sense for where I'm at in my career today and where I'm trying to go? Yeah. The other thing that you got to be careful is not to play the game and changing your skills for every job that you apply to in LinkedIn. So when recruiters post a job, um, it's possible for them to list kind of like the top skills, like eight to 10 top skills in the job posting. And so if you go click on that job posting, 
they'll actually do a little green check mark, right? And say, okay, here's the skill sets that match up based on the 50 skill sets that you have and the top 10 that they're looking for, you were a match. Um, the issue with this is, is um, at one time, I think this is fixed now, but at one time it didn't always recognize. So if you had social media marketing as a skill and the recruiter only mentioned marketing, it wouldn't pick up like from a search. Like the keyword had to be exactly hmm. like what the recruiter listed. Um, the other issue um, that can happen is you look at those 10 skill sets and you're like, oh, well, I didn't put that I had social media marketing skills. I'm going to go back and add that so that I get that check mark on this job posting I applied to that job. Then you go to another job and they're like, oh, we need someone with social media campaign. You're like, oh, shoot. And you go back and you start changing it. What's going to happen is every time you change that, it's changing it, right? So you can get into this like crazy game of trying to always try to make these skill sets like be perfect. And so just don't, don't get into the weeds of this. The best way, the basic way to think about this is hard skill sets. You know, what's listed in your resume, listed in LinkedIn and kind of go from there. So it kind of drives me a little crazy sometimes to think about this section because I feel like there's parts of it that are underdeveloped or it's not completely thought out. But for all the reasons we just discussed, <laughs> there is some added value to it. <laughs> yeah. And just so you know, I just endorsed you for napping. And um, oh, yes. it allowed me to, to pick from three options to how skilled you were at napping. And so I got to say oh. you're highly skilled at napping. And um, it also asked me what our relationship was. And I almost chose that you had reported to me in this position of napping, but uh, instead I just chose that we worked on the same project together. But Actually, you know, there is an old picture of me napping on your couch in the studio uh, with a company. Um, it, was a, it was a table um, covering for like a booth. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the company logo. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but I used Who it as a blanket rename, and took a nap. Remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> the the evil corporation of the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I have I don't know where that picture is, but it's an actual picture of me taking a nap. So we'll have to dig that up and yeah, maybe post it. Keep an eye out for that uh, on social media. I'll let Abby know that, and uh, we'll find it. So she just gave me the peace signal. That's going to come. Maybe I'll get more endorsements for napping now. Oh, Abby's back. The, uh, the other people so, in the room for our listeners had left the room when we started recording the podcast. And I don't think it was like the, oh, we'll make it quiet in here for recording courtesy. I think it was, man, it's annoying to work next to people who are making a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent that way. So <laughs> they also um, have a picture of me napping today before the podcast. Oh, so Is that I really am highly like? proficient in napping. No, that's not. Well, maybe. <laughs> All right. Anyways, check out your skill sets. Go endorse me for napping, and uh, maybe we'll start a napping club um, group or something on LinkedIn. Yeah. Who knows? Well, you know, uh, joking aside, that rest is important. Your brain, your brain needs it. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I actually told the team as we go virtual, I was like, "Hey, look, you don't need to like communicate to me that you're going to go take a nap." you know, um, go take a nap. Enjoy. Yeah. Work appropriately. 
That's right. So, For it. All right, here's the third tip. Um, and so if you've seen where we're going with this, so we talked about the open to hash work, open to open to work hashtag, right? Right. That can help you with like job search, you know, getting recruiters' attention. Now we've talked about your skill sets and endorsement, right? Helping with your job search and everything. Here's tip number three on LinkedIn: set up job alerts in LinkedIn. There are a hundred million job applications on LinkedIn every month, but being one of the first to apply can increase your chances by landing a job by four times. So as you search for jobs on LinkedIn, there's a variety of filter options available to you, such as like location and industry, commute times. Um, you can select if you're just looking for remote jobs, like that kind of flexibility. Um, and you'll see a prompt to set up job alerts. Um, and once you've set up job alerts, LinkedIn is gonna send you a notification within minutes of a relevant job posting. And you got some options. You can have those sent daily to you, to your email. You can have them sent weekly into a digest. Or even when you go in there, uh, into the platform, there's a place where you can be able to see that and you know access those jobs um, right away that are fitting within what you were looking at in your parameters. So to get to this, um, at the top of LinkedIn, there's a quick icon dashboard to navigate. And you're gonna see a briefcase and if you click on that briefcase, it's going to open the world of jobs to you. Look at all these jobs. All those jobs. Hundreds of millions of jobs just waiting for you to apply. Yeah. So it's going to show you recommended jobs that you may be interested in. Guess how it's figuring that out for you automatically? Based on your job titles that you selected. Remember when you were turning the open the hashtag on or off? It's also figuring that out based on the skill sets that we just mentioned that you went through as well. So once you are in there, what you can do is put in a job title and if you want location and click search and it's going to pull back a bunch of searches. So Jeb, I think it looks like you're doing this yep. real life yeah. time. Yeah. I, so what's the job title that you selected? Okay. So I had already done this before. Um, and there's not a lot of photographer jobs. So what it typically goes to for me is producer because I'm listed as producer of the career brand story podcast. So I have my top three current recommended jobs for me are photo producer, um, for a company in the triangle, uh, a producer of innovation for a company. I don't think that that's necessarily the kind of producer <laughs> that I am um, right. and creative director at one of my old clients. Um, and these are, except for that one innovation producer, um, these are very appropriate for me, but even better as I'm not seeking these jobs, I know people in my network who are, and I can help get this information out to them that, Oh, Hey, did you know so-and-so is looking for a creative director? you should apply. So when you click on like the creative director job search, how many jobs come back right now for that one? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, you know what? I'm having a little bit of a technical difficulty here because um, I don't see just a, oh, there it is. I see the search box all the way at the top to search for creative director. Yep. I see. 
Let me type that and in. Just don't put a location in. We'll just do the whole United States. Okay. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn. My LinkedIn page is broken. Hold on. I'm working on it. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're on the team at LinkedIn, on the uh, dev team, this jobs page is not working in my version of Chrome. <laughs> I would appreciate some help. So maybe you'll have to pull yours up because uh, I can't even click in the search box at the top. But I I will click on one of their suggested ones. How about that? I'll click on executive producer. And that's doing a search for executive producer. Um, I have 7,860 results. Yeah. So depending on, right, the job that you're looking for, you could come with thousands of results. And that's where their filters, I think, are really nice, where you can get down and really kind of filter out what you're really looking for. And so, again, from a filter standpoint, when you get all this list of jobs, you can filter your experience level. So you can choose, you know, whether internship, entry level, associate, mid, director, executive. You can search by the company. So based on if you search by job title, it's going to bring back all the companies, which is really nice. You can choose the top like seven or 10 companies that you're really interested in. Uh, You can choose by job type, which is going to be full-time, part-time, other, they have just a button just for remote now. Um, They also have one that's called easily apply. So what easily apply means is that those jobs within LinkedIn, all you have to do is push the button easily apply and you're done. That's it. Nice. So, um, so that's really good. Yeah. Um, and you can click another button for all filters and you can get it down to, they even have benefits and things like listed. I think that the, the ones that they have listed in the dashboard are your most important ones um, and the best ones to use. One that I think is really good that a lot of people don't know about or forget to use it is the very first one of date posted. And so the results that always come back are anytime. So that's why you get like thousands of results. But if you were to click the one that says in the past 24 hours, right, your results are going to drop down to the most recent job postings that were just posted in the past 24 hours. Yeah, that brought us the good news about almost 8,000 to 414 results. Right. So first of all, it's going to be a lot easier to search um, 400 versus 7,000. But the other thing is that you're going to be one of the first people that can apply to those jobs. Um, So that's just a really smart thing to do. Yeah. So there's a lot that you can do in that. And then you can turn on that job alert. And again, it's going to like send you, you can choose, it can send you an email, a daily digest, a weekly digest, or anytime you go into LinkedIn, I think you can do a push notification that will come directly to your mobile phone so that you know exactly when a job's been posted and you can see it and go apply to it. So if you want to turn the, t- the, uh, the, uh, the job alert on, um, when you do the search at the top there of where all the jobs are listed, you'll see a toggle button that you just kind of switch on. And then it will allow you to manage the job alert. Um, you can also go back in and manage your job alert. So if, if something's not producing good results or you're tired of seeing the results from that job and you're, that's not where you're going, you can delete it or you can change the parameters within that um, job alert as well. 
Yes, I'm looking at that right now, and um, I'm glad we're doing this episode because I see one that I need to change. I see exactly why I'm not getting alerted for these jobs because there's a filter turned on that shouldn't be on. It's like filtering for one specific uh, company. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would yeah. like. But that shows just how, like, how you can, how specific you can get it to be for you. You know, yeah. and I think that that's one of the most overwhelming things for job seekers. Doesn't matter what job board you go to, you job, put in a job title and you're met with thousands of jobs. And so which which do you apply to? How do you go to kind of attack that? And that's where I think you got to think through a really strategic strategy and get really focused on who you want to work for and what you're really targeting so that you kind of zero in your energy in the right ways and not get overwhelmed by the yeah. many options that are out there. Yeah. When you talk about being strategic, you know. that, that filter that I just mentioned that I needed to turn off was because, um, and this is just something I forgot about, but a couple of years ago I heard that the photographer that worked at this organization was going to be leaving. So I filtered, I made it a thing so that as soon as that position came up for that company that I would get an alert You'd see it. and I could get in there. Um, it turns out that photographer did not leave that organization. Um, <laughs> You're still waiting. So that's why I never got an alert. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the point is you can be strategic. You can use the rumor mill to your advantage. You can put this stuff in here and filter it so that you can be the first or one of the first to know and get your application in. Yeah. So back to basics, using LinkedIn as a job search tool is really wise to do. We've given you the data on whether you should use the hashtag open to work. Our suggestion is test it. See if it works for you. See if it doesn't work for you. Uh, review your skills and endorsement section on LinkedIn. Make sure that that's really updated. And the third one, go set up those job alerts um, in LinkedIn. And here's the deal. Did you like these tips, Jeb, today? Yeah. I mean, I knew what we were going to be talking about. And I still found things that I could change to improve my LinkedIn profile. And this is a really cool thing. We are so excited to announce that today um, we are launching our career brand story community on Patreon. And so for just $10 a month, members of our community will receive exclusive content just like this, including weekly lives where you can do Q&A with myself and members of the Career Brand Story team and other members of the Career Brand Story community to answer all of your questions about career strategy, brand marketing, personal branding, and everything else in between. And so members of the Career Brand Story community will also receive exclusive bi-weekly bonus content that you can't find anywhere else. We are so excited to foster this community that allows all of our members to thrive in their life and do what they love. You can sign up today at patreon.com. We are so excited for this. We're looking forward to seeing you in the Career Brand Story community on Patreon and uh, joining us in more in-depth conversations and behind-the-scenes conversations like this. Yeah, join us. We look forward to having you. So we're going to take a minute and just also say that this episode is sponsored in part by Enter Your Fellowship. If you're a college graduate or in college and at least 21 years old, 
um, and seeking to understand how to best participate given your unique gifts and talents and desires, consider taking an intentional gap year to gain clarity. Enter Your Fellowship is now accepting applications for the 21-22 year. Let's close the gap together. Apply today at enteryear.org forward slash apply. So Jeb, I'm really looking forward to that Patreon community launching this week um, and getting just to like see our clients from the past. Um, so many people already email and are connected with me on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. And so there's interaction there, but uh, I'm just, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to have more conversation with them um, and, and being able to hear also like um, when people like are landing jobs. So I get those texts um, I'm working with a client right now uh, who he's going from $70,000 and he got a job offer this week for 118000 uh, $118, Is that right? Am I yeah. saying that right? <laughs> Yeah, you're saying yeah. that, right? So it's a huge, yeah, so it's huge. It's, and, and, and he's got another interview in the pipeline. Um, and so it, it, I get those texts. I get to see that. But what's exciting about being able to launch a community on Patreon is like we get to share that stuff together. Yeah. Um, and that's why we started Career Brand Story. That's why we do this podcast um, is because at the end of the day, our entire mission statement is we want people, whatever it is that you do, thrive in your life and do what you love. And I'm just excited about opportunities for us to share that more together. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, if I you am can too. And, and you know, the, the Patreon platform, I think, is great because it, it gives people options. Um, not an overwhelming amount of options, but it gives people options. So, you know, anybody can can get over there and be a part of the community and get more help with the things um, that they need based around their career. And, you know, obviously we have a strong leaning towards the job seeker um, with our podcast and what we do, but there's also people like me, self-employed, artist, um, freelancer, whatever you want to call me, that I mean, I'm using these tips and they are helping me along the way. Just last night, I had two new leads from LinkedIn and it wasn't it, it wasn't just because I was on there. I actually got feedback in the comments uh, on their form on my website when they reached out to me that my whole brand was so well put together that that's why they contacted me, that it really looked like I knew what I was doing. And it, you know, I do know what I'm doing, but the fact that my LinkedIn <laughs> and my website worked in concert with each other to really say, this is who you're going to get, um, was a deciding factor for them. So even if you're not a job seeker, get getting your personal brand together means so much in your, um, you know, the way people perceive you and the way they want to interact with you. Yeah. So Join us on Patreon. We're looking forward to seeing you there um, and uh, and having a lot of fun over there. It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Just search for Jeremy Tudor. On Instagram, I'm at Jeremy T. Tudor. Um, and while many of you do listen to this pod, ba pod bath. That's like the third time you pod said bath. pod bath. Is that a Freudian thing? Like, it are you wanting to take a bath? like... Yeah, maybe I'm supposed to do a podcast from in the bath. a bathtub. 
Interesting. We'll have Maybe to work on that. Maybe that's what's supposed to be going on. Huh. Maybe so. Maybe that's one of those bonus contents. I mean, you're well, already skilled at that napping. That just became like a. You that just, just became a FYP page now, didn't it? Is I that think what it's so. called? Not something. I think I, so. I don't know what those really are. I just know that. What is it? They're telling me offline. Oh, OnlyFans. OnlyFans. That's, only That's what the team is telling me right now. That'll be another so, day that we announce the OnlyFans. We'll stick to Patreon yeah, I think for my, now. I think Christy's saying OnlyFans sticks to our bedroom. To her only. <laughs> oh my She's gosh. my OnlyFans. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, this whole episode just well. went into the gutter, but if you want to watch it go into the gutter, you can join <laughs> us on our YouTube channel. We just launched a new career brand story YouTube channel. Um, and Jeb, how, how's the best way to people to find that? Because we're not at 100 users yet. So yeah, the easiest way need to go? for you to find our YouTube channel is to go to careerbrandstory.com. That is our website for the podcast. Go there. There's a box at the top that has all these icons for places you can subscribe. The third icon from the left is the YouTube play button. Click that. It takes you to our channel and you can subscribe. Yes. So mom, if you're listening, Jeb just gave you complete instructions for how to go to watch my YouTube. So no more excuses of following behind. Right. It's the <sighs> red button with the white play symbol on it. Yeah. So please join us. Um, we would love um, to get, I would love to see a hundred subscribers on YouTube and a hundred subscribers join us on Patreon. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? That would be fantastic. I, and you know, I think yeah. that's a great first goal and I think we can do it. If you're listening to this podcast, if you enjoy it, subscribe, but also please, you know, tell your friends. I, I think that there's yeah. content on this podcast that, um, People wouldn't necessarily expect based on the title, but you know, if you're a listener, you obviously know that we talk a lot more than just about what's going on around the water cooler or the conference room in corporate life. Apparently so. We also <laughs> talk about things going on in the bathtub. We also talk about OnlyFans, uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, so Jeb, where can everyone find you right now? You can find me at my website, jebgraff.com, or on all social media, my handle is at jebgraff, that's J-E-B-B-G-R-A-F-F. So we'll see everyone on Patreon. Thanks for tuning in and keep thriving. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, we advertise for local and national companies. Contact McKay at careerbrandstory.com for more information. That's M-C-C-A-Y at careerbrandstory.com.